Hello, welcome to the D&D Roundtable presented by The Tome Show. I'm your host, James Castle. Please use the affiliate links on thetomeshow.com whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Just go to thetomeshow.com, click on the links in the show notes for this episode or any other, and then shop as you normally would. Today we're going to be talking about digital tools in D&D. But first, let's meet the panel. With me today at the roundtable are Topher Cohen. Hey, everybody. I'm Topher. I'm a D&D guy, and I love the game. Woo. Alex Basso. Hey, what's up? Rudy Basso. Hello. And Joe Listowski. Howdy. All right, guys. So today's get-to-know-you question for our panel is, what is the weirdest monster in D&D? And Topher, we'll start with you. All right. So a couple years ago, Wizards did a uh, create a monster contest. Oh yeah, and the winner was was a displacer cube. So it's a gelatinous cube that had displacer beast properties. Oh, so it could teleport all around the field and stuff. It could teleport through the, through the thing. It could, you know, use it. It had the tentacle things like a displacer beast. Ooh. And you weren't sure which one you were attacking. You weren't sure if you were yep. going to run into. It. It, it looked like a bunch of like an, an ice tray basically moving around because there were several of them. <laughs> now I, I have to tell you, I'm a little. Um, there's a little bit of a um, uh, bias on my point because the guy who did it and won is in my home game. <laughs> oh, nice! So we we he actually tested it in my game. He gave me stats and we and we play tested it in my game before he sent it in. Oh wow! Who is that guy? Let's give him a shout out. Daniel Dean. He actually works at Titans in Smyrna. Also. Oh, there you go. There you go. Alex Basso. What is the weirdest D and D monster? Oh, I was just going to say gelatinous cube. That's uh, the splicer cube just makes me feel so much worse about my answer. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just always think of gelatinous cube, just a cube that sits in a place and waits for someone to walk into it and then <laughs> kill it. And it's just such a weird, dumb monster that's like, you know, so iconic in D&D. And like, I mean, it has its own Wikipedia page. I'm looking at it right now. It's just a cube of nothing boringness. I mean... The fourth know, edition weird. miniature was pretty awesome for it, though, because you could put a figure inside of it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was That's just awesome. a cool mini. Yeah, <laughs> but it is definitely weird. And then when it becomes teleporting, it gets weird then too. Yeah, Rudy Basso, what is the weirdest D and D monster? Uh, my answer is not really a monster. In fact, this creature was a PC. It is the Shard Mind. Ooh. Uh, I can imagine a bunch of writers sitting around a table, coffee around them, hands in their heads, just going, we need, guys, we need something else. And someone going like, what What? What if we had people made of crystals? And then they're like, <laughs> fine, good, let's go with it. All right, fine. And uh, now we have the shard mind. So, You know, the other thing about the shard mind is that it's basically the White Queen from the X-Men, because they have psychic powers, most of them, and... Uh, they're made of, they can have crystalline outer bodies, which is exactly what her powers are. Do you think they were just big X-Men fan and they came up with a character? I think it's possible. <laughs> I think a lawsuit is possible. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think the five guys in the basement would have done that with no problem. <laughs> I like the, the idea that they were under deadline and it was like, well, that's good enough. New PC race. That's, that's fine. Joe, what is your weirdest monster? Well, I was going to go with the GIF. 
or the GIF or the GIFF they were in, I think first edition, they were basically hippopotamus mercenaries that were the Jadoon from Doctor Who, but made into something that were not the Jadoon so they could not, I don't know, face lawsuits or something. <laughs> um, but they're not so much weird as they are just like a, a poor attempt at, at translating something from another medium. Um, for weirdest, I'm actually going to go with the Beholder. Uh, because it makes no sense. I've never read anything about Beholder Society or, or anything about them that makes me believe that they would exist anywhere or have a reason to exist or, or have an ecology that worked in a dungeon or <laughs> for any reason, you know, they just, they're a magic floating orb that negates magic and they have a whole bunch of eye stalks that shoot out different rays, but if those rays cross with the central eye, then wouldn't they disappear because they're magic? And there, there were just too many contradictions, too many things just didn't make sense with it. Well, didn't they try to explain that away in in the um, the advent the adventure path for uh, essentials with the scar? The oh yeah, they, they tried stuff. all sorts of things for and that. They, yeah, they basically said it was from outer space, right? It came down in a comet from outer space or some garbage uh-huh. like that. That's right. Uh huh. The yeah, that was scar. That was BS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the idea that every one of them believes that they are the perfect embodiment of the Great Mother Beholder, wherever she is, and and each one of them is unique and looks what they think the perfect version is. So they want to kill all the other ones, but yet somehow they end up as crime lords. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're weird. They're definitely a weird monster. I agree. How do they poop? Am I right? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> okay, so moving on to uh, digital tools. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about some digital tools and what you guys like to use when you are playing. I currently play in some games uh, with Rudy and Alex, and we use digital tools to play because I am in Washington, D.C., and they are in New Jersey. It's a great way for us to connect. We uh, connect through Roll20, and we get on, and we can play our game and everything like that. Uh, But I want to know from you guys, what other digital tools do you use to play? It can include anything from Roll20 and Character Builder to Skype to PDFs to, uh, you know, um, tablets, that kind of thing. Uh, And... Why do you like to use those tools that you're using while you're playing? And let's start with Joe. The one tool that I think I've gotten the most mileage out of has been Obsidian Portal, uh, which is a wiki-type site that I can put up my game world onto, and then all of my other players can access it and look into the things that are related to their characters or follow up on different plot lines or read up on, on summaries of previous adventures. And it's just been a great place for me to sort of put it all down in a place that isn't you know, that, that one flash drive that might get destroyed and then I'll lose everything. Like it's online, it's, it's there and, and I can reference it and cross reference it. And that's been a really handy tool for me. Uh, I know there are, there are other sites out there that do similar things. Obsidian portal has worked particularly well for me, uh, for my purposes. And I've got, I want to say two or three different campaigns on it right now. Well, that's pretty awesome. I think Obsidian Portal uh, does do a lot of great things. Joe, could you actually hit me up with your Obsidian Portal link? Uh, and we'll I link certainly that will. in the show notes as an example for people to check out. Sure. Um, yeah, Obsidian Portal is a great uh, thing. You can create a wiki and a, and a blog and all kinds of things for your, for your game world. Uh, it is definitely a lot of work. 
to upkeep, but I think if you're into it and if your players are using it, it can be a really helpful resource. Telfer, what sort of digital tools do you use to play? Well, uh, I also use Obsidian Portal. Uh, my players love it. I actually reward them in-game for doing things like uh, wiki cleanup or posting adventure logs and that kind of stuff. So, Oh, cool. Yeah, so that always worked for me. The thing I think I use the most, though, right now is a program called In Combat 4E. It's an it's an initiative tracker that also you can do health on it. So I put it it connects to the compendiums. So I can pull all all of my monsters in if they're in the compendium. I put have the players in, and then it's just it's running and it's great. I can forward it. I can tell who's bloodied about to be bloodied if they if they have an effect on them. It's fantastic. Oh wow, that's awesome! Uh, if you could link up that app, that would be great because I would love to see that, and we'll put it in the show notes. And also send me your Obsidian Portal address. Um, what do you do to reward players uh, for the Obsidian Portal stuff? So I take I bought a set of like cheap poker chips mm-hmm. and took a, a white paint pen and wrote plus five on uh, one color, wrote a reroll on another color, um, and then on the third color, I think I wrote. Um, uh, rethink so i basically <laughs> basically let them go through something and go wow that was the dumbest idea i've ever done let me redo that um mm-hmm. and depending on what they've done like if uh, i had a player who went through and like did a massive cleanup on a bunch of location and npc stuff on the wiki like probably hours worth of work really cleaning it up making it look really good and so i gave them a rethink if they just write an eventual they get a plus five you know that kind of stuff oh that's great that's really cool. oh neat neat my my rewards for my players are more story based. Like I have a whole second, uh, a whole page that's uh, I call it the Bard's Tale, based on the greatest computer game ever. It's basically all the legends of of our game world. And one of my players is a bard, and so instead of giving him numerical bonuses to bardic knowledge, I know that uh, I'm a, I'm a writer. I'm an excessive writer, and I I love you know just going and going and going and he's a reader and he loves reading so he enjoys getting into the story and then he actually has those random bits of knowledge whenever it comes up in game that i reference something he's like hey i think i remember hearing a bard's tale about that so it's it's more of an in-story kind of thing but it works out really well oh that's pretty cool that's cool alex basso what are your favorite digital tools to use at the table uh, all right, so I'm going to go with a, a very basic tool that's not just D&D. Uh, and that's Google Drive. It's something we've been using uh, a lot recently. Um, you know, we've been playing online for about three years now, but just uh, probably within the last six months or so, we started Google Drive, which is just a fantastic way to share all of our character sheets, you know, uh, keep all of our information together. Um, since we started with Google Drive, like, it's always been a mess because uh, maybe some people in our party who usually are responsible for keeping tracking loot like myself are not good at it so google drive we have one loot document i mean it's just such a simple tool that has you know really helped out a lot uh, for our group to keep it organized yeah it's been super effective and like you said with loot it's great when you're going through a a dungeon delve and Mm -hmm. it's like oh what was uh, what was all that stuff that we had that we wanted to sell once we got back to town you kind of have a whole list of it right there and that's really great and like you said keeping track of story points and everything i think that's really helpful everybody can refer back to that Um, yeah and i mean every week you know i just check the drive refresh myself what happens and it uh you know helps me out yeah it's pretty awesome 
That was a great place um, in the last game that I played in. We had a Google Drive that we used where we also had our, our, um, our wish lists up there. And we had like a whole separate spreadsheet set up where you could click through each. And, and for our DM, it was really helpful because then he could say, okay, here's what everybody has. Here's what they want. Here's, you know, and, and he could plan it all out. So that was a really helpful tool for him as well. Oh, that's smart wish list. That's a great way to do it too. Uh, I definitely use that a lot when I'm DMing. I use Google Drive because then I can work on it on my iPhone and I can work on it at home and I can work on it on my work computer. So, uh, you know, I, I find that that's really helpful to have that cloud to do it too, just when you're preparing for DM stuff. Uh, Rudy, what are your favorite digital tools to use at the table? I love Roll20. I think it is the coolest <laughs> thing, uh, feature, tool for online gaming. The thing that I love so much about it is the integration with Google Hangout. That way everyone can see each other at once. I think that really changes the dynamic of online play. You know, we'd done the de- the, the Wizards version of the game table, and that was neat, but there was something missing. And once we got the cameras up and everyone could see each other and talk to each other, I think that really just changed the way online play feels. Um, in addition, there's all sorts of other neat features with the t- the table and... Um, there's a lot of great DM tools, especially if you subscribe. That's the thing. The entire thing is free. You don't have to put a penny in if you don't want to. It's right. uh, it's really excellent. And um, the other thing is I'm a big fan of the character builder because um, I'm so bad at math. So uh, it's great to just put numbers in and then they'll do all the hard work for you. And there's so much information on there, too, for you to use. All right. I have exciting news about the character builder. Uh, since you mentioned it, um, I, my subscription is due to be renewed tomorrow. And in the email that they sent me last week reminding me about that, they said pretty much that as long as we can keep taking your money for it, we're going to keep offering these tools. So they won't shut they down. can take my money. Yeah. That's right. Great. Yeah. So even, even as Next comes out, you can still pay them for your DDI subscription and still get your 4E tools. Yeah. But what's going to happen when Silverlight breaks for good and, they, and we can't use it anymore? That's my concern. That's, That's my Microsoft concern. thing. You're bringing yeah. outside stuff in here. I have no idea what you're talking about. Back to the uh, the old D&D uh, character builder client. Oh, yeah. That, the thing. I love yeah. That. that was yeah. the superior character builder, I have to say. Yeah, but for, you know, when I go to your house and I forget my character sheet, I can't just get yeah. my file, though, online uh, like I could with the new one. That is true. That is true. Really, I have to say, man, you are correct about character builder because... It's given players agency like never before, you know, um, especially with it combining every single published thing that's come out. That's just amazing. You know, the, all the feats are right there. You don't have to scan through, you know, 30 books and magazines to try to figure out which feat to take. It's awesome. But uh, do you think min-maxing is worse now because of that? Because they can really basically play <laughs> compare and contrast? Mm, I feel like min-maxers were going to seek it out anyway. Uh, so I guess this just makes it easier. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Rudy? You're not really a, a min-maxer, but you like to create good characters. I'd be interested to hear what you and Alex, the yeah. uh, native min-maxer, think. <laughs> I, I mean, I always, with fourth E, I feel like if you weren't min-maxing, you weren't playing the game right, man. Um, <laughs> the emphasis on making the best character possible, I thought was really prevalent in that edition. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was great that it's so easy to do um, with the character builder. That is true. Alex, what did you think? Oh, I loved it. It was amazing. 
I mean, I've spent hours just making characters. I'll never play on uh, on character builder. It was just like entertaining, but also, I mean, just bringing in all the feats from all like you know the articles that you know brought up some new powers or new feats that I'd have to go look for. Just bringing it into the character builder. It's so many options, so much easier. Saves a lot of time. Uh, so it was yeah, that was definitely my favorite part of character builder. Do you think you would have gone delving into all of those materials if you uh, didn't I probably? Them? I mean. Going into books, yeah, but not as much searching for articles, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on the website. That's a little bit uh, more work. So, I mean, maybe. I don't know. You know, since they introduced that, I didn't even think about it. But, you know, I, I didn't have to. They just right. put it all there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, that's a good question, Topher. I wonder if the rise of min-maxing came. But I do think Rudy's right. The addition encourages min-maxing as well, I feel like. Um, just because... It's it's easier to do, and so if you weren't doing it, you felt a lot further behind the the rest of the party. You know, could we play for you without them? Yeah, that is a good question. Could we play oh, for yeah. you without digital tools? Uh, I think it would be very difficult to uh, to play without just because there were so many options, so many magic items, so many feats, so many. Uh, you know, things that the character builder encompassed. And then as a DM, the compendium is hugely helpful for looking up monsters and organization. And I think we could, I think not as many people would have. And I think it would have taken a lot longer to prepare for game sessions. Yeah, I don't know that I could prepare monsters and everything without, I, I use the monster tool all the time uh, that, what do they call it, adventure tools. Uh I, I, I don't know that I'd be able to prepare my games without it. Uh. All right, let's talk about the future, guys. What do you want to see in the future? Um, I would like to see Wizards integrating with other tools that are out there. I know that Paizo makes a lot of adventures for virtual game tables and for Sirenscape and things like that. I'd like to see Wizards following that suit and integrating with a lot of the visual uh a lot of the digital tools that are out there. And I would also like to see for in-person gaming an awesome table-sized tablet in which you can play D&D and bring up hmm. maps and minis and shoot things around. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that would be thousands and thousands of dollars. But Yeah, I was going to say, that's affordable. That yeah. would be my thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I would like to see that uh, come to fruition, even if it was only at cons that you got to play around with it. It would still be cool. Um, but that's me. What do you guys want to see? Topher, what would you like to see for the future? Well, I agree. I would love to see better integration. I would like to be able to go you know, pay my 15 bucks or whatever and buy an adventure and be able to just drop it right into Roll20 or Fantasy Grounds or something like that and have it just be there and not have to worry about it. But the thing I'd love to see is that I buy a PDF from them, I I put it on my iPad, and I get to a monster or I get to a magic item, I click on it, and it goes to the compendium and it brings it up and I can scale it. Ooh. So I realize that, oh, I, I don't have all six of my players here today. I only have four. So I click on the monster, the monster pops up, and I can quickly just scale it down that would in, the, be awesome. in there. You know, it's just it's just a call and response and, you know, give, give me a little bit of tools in there. But I think that would rock. Uh, Joe, what would you like to see? Whereas at most of my gaming these days is as a DM, you know, and I love any kind of tool that makes DMing more efficient or keeping track of things more efficient. My my request for the future is is as a player – I want a cool um, player visualization tool. 
Like if you look at any of the online games, World of Warcraft or, or Age of Champions or any, any of a billion different games out there, you can pick your character and you can customize the crap out of him and give him different armors and different, you know, and they all look different on different races and it looks really cool. I want that for D&D. I, I want to be able to, okay, so you got this cool Wolverine claw gauntlet thing. Here's what that would look like. Here's what, you know, I, I just want to be able to pretty much show people how awesome my character is because when I throw stats at people, they don't know what that means. And and I want to be able to say, hey, look at this cool guy. And then everyone else can say, oh, yeah, that's really awesome. Um, <laughs> and then I think um, the reason that's going to happen is because Google will probably pick up on this um, because nobody's interested in Google Glass because it doesn't really do anything cool. And if you could integrate this into Google Glass, then as you looked at the other players around the table, it would show you an image like superimposed over them of their awesome looking character. And then uh, that would just make it funner to play at the table with everybody too. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome if you could get the Skyrim style builder and really get in there and tweak every little aspect of your character. That would be pretty cool to share with people. Wouldn't it rock if you took it a step further and when I got that cool new armor in the game and I went and I added in on character builder, I get a prompt that says, hey, your armor has changed. Go pick the color scheme you want so it looks th- so it looks right and it shows yes, you what that yes. armor looks like yeah that would be awesome i would like to see that and i would also like to see that if you owned a 3d printer uh once you built your guy oh, you could oh, uh, man. you could print him out in 3d that would be pretty awesome. that would rock <laughs> uh alex Bassa, what sort of tools do you want to see at the table oh man that's just blew my mind sorry uh <laughs> I mean, I just want to see some some solid applications for smartphones and tablets. I mean, I just feel like it, when I'm playing online, I have two I have two computer monitors, and I still with all my PDFs with Roll Twenty, Google Hangout, with all that stuff, I'm still like overwhelmed with, uh, you know, all this. I, I don't have enough space, so just something on my tablet, you know, super useful. Um, and I mean, as Topher was saying, you know, really well integrated between you know, compendium between your character sheet. If you if they could do something like that, I mean, that would be just a huge step in just making it easier for everyone. Yeah, I agree. I think that that would be clutch to have some really nice, simple, streamlined apps that you could use while you're playing D&D and uh, would make your life easier and you wouldn't have to have so many things opened. Uh, Rudy? Um, I don't know, because you guys took all the good answers. I was going to say more player stuff um i really like voice masks i'm the only person in the world that thinks they're funny <laughs> cool. uh, uh, Rudy, explain, explain what a voice mask is for people who don't know sure so um if i talk into it it uses technology to warble and change my voice to sound like for example a female elf or um some sort of demon or things like that i think they're fun (laughs) but um everyone else tells me to turn them off whenever i start to play with them (laughs) i think they're pretty cool too i'd like to see that and i'd like to see even uh you know i think sirenscape is interesting because it's it's right it's a sound effects and music generator. I'd like to see some more stuff like that to get your other senses sort of involved in the game. Anything that's going to help with visual and, uh, you know, sight stimulation, I think, is, is and sound stimulation is uh, a good thing. I think. So I'm with you there. I'm with you 100%. Oh, great. We'll see if the other players are. <laughs> Rudy, do you think electronics belong at the table when people are playing in person? Sure, if you turn off the internet. 
then everyone can it's a lot easier for me to be holding uh just a pdf as opposed to a piece of paper just because that's how my mindset works these days i i use technology a lot at work and i try and get away from paper but at the same time people tend to just browse the internet and do other things and that can be a real downfall uh and it can be really frustrating when someone's turn happens and they don't know what's going on because they were doing something else sure so it's a fine line yeah i think the 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 reading of articles or oh i was playing this other game or that kind of thing can can certainly bog things down but you're right if people can agree i think they can be uh, a good thing to keep away from the table topher what do you think i think that i agree if you turn the internet off i mean there's so much quote-unquote bad press about 4e combat taking so long and i think probably it takes so long is that a bunch of guys in my campaign use um i play 4e to store their character character sheets so they have their ipads or their laptops in front of them and then you know when it's not their turn they're off doing facebook or reading reddit or whatever and then you're right it gets to their turn and all of a sudden they're like oh crap what do i got to do and then you know there's so much analysis paralysis for you already that it really just kind of drags it out. And um, I don't know I don't know a good answer to it. I want them to have the ability to use technology to make their lives easier as a player. And as a DM, I use the, the Gabanza out of it. I run from my laptop with apps and PDFs and stuff. But I don't know. It's uh, such an easy distraction. I I, um, I wish I could say I could ban it, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. And as things become more and more integrated, it's going to be it's going to be hard to ban that kind of thing. And you're right, it is it is tempting. And that temptation to go look at something else while you're playing is always there, you know, especially when things are taking a while at the table or somebody else is doing something, um, you know, uh, I think I think you need to remain engaged like we're all in this together and this is an actual battle. But that's hard to do when it takes, you know, a half hour to get back to your turn. Uh, Have uh, DMs thought of you guys ever thought of implementing a demerit system or is that just like too mean uh, kind of thing? Someone's not paying attention. They get a penalty on their next roll or something like that. Yeah, the moment you do that, the player is going to catch you doing something and, you know, it's just going to backfire. Joe, what do you think? You do a lot of organized play stuff, so you don't necessarily know everyone who comes every week to your games. What do you think? I think um, that makes it even harder to keep everyone's attention. Um, And so outside technology at the table can ruin a session uh, if you've got a bunch of people who already have no reason to be sort of tied to one another because they don't know each other, then if they're also messing with Facebook or or whatnot, it can just ruin things. Um, And so um, there have been times where I've tried to implement, uh, you know, no cell phones at all or no tablets at all at the table, but there's too many, there's too many tools that people use uh, for gaming. So it's, it's a, it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult fence to sit on top of and, and, I don't know that, you know, it's a very individualized thing, whether it'll work or not with any particular group. Now that I think of it, I kind of want, instead of my my awesome character visualization tool, I want a DM infiltration tool so that, um, you know, within a 15-foot radius of my laptop, I can infiltrate any of the electronics that are going on so that if they go over to Facebook, all of the statuses will be about our D&D game. 
and all of the, you know, or like they go to read an article and the article <laughs> will start referencing the orcs that they're fighting. And I wanted to just start inserting random things about the game into whatever other thing they're doing so that they'll stop doing it and come back to game. <laughs> Facebook <laughs> update from orcs. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we are currently killing your healer. <laughs> Lord, Lord, um, many arrows says, I'm going to kill you now. Yeah. <laughs> Alex Basso, uh, what do you think about electronics at the table? Oh, man. How long has it been since we've played on a table? <laughs> it's uh, uh, several years, I believe. I'm going to say I'll draw the line at laptops. Or not laptops, uh, tablets. No laptops. Nothing more than that. Something where it's tough to alt ta- you know, switch between applications. It needs to be slow. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, there's great tools, but it's always a risk. People are going to pay attention. But... I mean, I always, I always have some sort of electronic when we used to play, and I feel like most of us did. And it's really, yeah. I mean, it's it's a discussion you need to have if someone really is slowing down the gameplay. Um, but overall, you know, tablets, anything more of that, I don't think they really should be there. Do you guys think it's something that you can talk to your group about? Because we, I mean, it's weird. We play at a virtual table so by virtue of that everyone is on a laptop um and there are times when you know people are surfing the net or doing something else you know uh and and they have to be called out on it and i think that that is is difficult for us do you think it's something that a gaming group should talk about before like all right, guys, here's what I'm thinking. I know the temptation is there to look at Facebook and to go ahead and check your email and do all these other things. What do you guys think would make for the best game? I kind of think the onus falls on the DM to have to point that out. I mean, when especially with Roll20, if you watch the cameras and someone kind of gets a glazed look over their eyes, you can kind of tell, oh, they're not really paying attention anymore. <laughs> so I think the DM maybe send a PM or something like that to, to just point out, you know, we can tell you're not paying attention. I've been taking to telling, so if it's players one's turn, I look at whoever's next and say, hey, you're up next. Mm-hmm. And like, mm. you know, so... Then knowing good and well, I'm not going to stop them from looking at Facebook or whatever, right? You know, I tried for a while, if I knew they weren't paying attention, having the boss just whack on them <laughs> out of the blue. Just go, oh, by the way, you took 75 hit points of damage. What What happened? I go, well, it was combat. Where were you? Uh, but, but that didn't work. But yeah, so what I, I've been doing lately is like, you know, while, while the next person in initiative order, next player in initiative order, I say, hey, you need to get ready. You're up next or you're up next after me or whatever, right? All right, so where can people find you, Topher? Uh, I'm on the Google Pluses at um, Topher Cohan, K-O-H-A-N. I'm also on uh, the Twitters with uh, Topher ATL. Rudy Basso, where can folks find you? Check me out on Twitter, Rudy Basso, R-U-D-Y-B-A-S-S-O. Joe Lestowski, where can people find you? Gosh, where am I? Oh, well, well my Obsidian Portal link will be in the uh, in the show notes. You can check out a pretty awesome game or two that I'm running there. Uh, I also uh, write a lot on DungeonsMaster.com, which is a site that uh, pretty much is for DMs, but we also uh, recount uh, D&D Encounters uh, adventures there as well. Guys, if you have a question or topic you'd like to see us discuss on the roundtable, reach out to me on Twitter at James Intracasso. That's at J-A-M-E-S-I-N-T-R-O-C-A-S-O. 
or leave us a comment on the Tome Show's website, thetomeshow.com, or you can reach out to any of these guys in the ways that they have provided for you to reach out to them and let them know, and uh, they'll pass it along and we'll come up with something great. And here's a quick shameless plug for me. Check out the new blog that I'm doing, which is all about Exploration Age. It's a fifth edition world that I'm building. It's at worldbuilderblog.me. Okay, so thanks to everyone for listening, and thanks to Topher, Rudy, Alex, and Joe. And many thanks to Jeff Greiner for letting us join the Tome Show lineup. Our theme music, which you're listening to right now, was composed by Eric Michaels. Don't forget to go to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links whenever you shop on Amazon or D&D Classics to help support the show. Keep on rolling, and keep on listening to The Roundtable.